I want, I want, I want me, 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 mine, 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 now, now, now. You know you're responsible for what you hear. You know you're responsible for what you hear. And welcome to Thoughts from Meharry Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 67 of Thoughts from Meharry Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about the history you learned in school. So do you realize that a lot of the history that you think you know, you don't really know? A lot of the history that you learned in school is actually wrong. I ran across this phenomenon the other day. I I came across a video on YouTube by a guy named Keith Hughes. And uh, he goes by the moniker Hip Hughes' History on YouTube. And he says he's a former social studies teacher and an adjunct professor at the University of Buffalo. So this guy's, you know, somebody you would consider an authority on history, somebody that would have taught you history uh, in your social studies class. Well, this guy perfectly exemplifies what Don Jeffries calls court historians. Jeffries wrote a really good article that was published at lewrockwell.com just today, actually, talking about how the conventional history that you learned in school from people like Keith Hughes is all wrong. Jeffries wrote, Much as the horrific mainstream media distorts and outright lies about everything of significance in our world, establishment historians and scholars perform a similar function for the corrupt elite, completely twisting the truth about every major historical event and the leading figures of every era. Jeffries went on to talk about an assertion made by Fergus Bordwich, or Bordwick. I may be pronouncing his name wrong, but apparently this guy's an eminent historian. And he was on C-SPAN promoting his book on George Washington and the First Congress. And as Jeffries put it, the esteemed court historian told his captive audience that there is, quote, nothing from the founders that supports the notion they meant the Second Amendment to protect the right of individual citizens to own firearms, unquote. Okay, this is an absurd statement. I mean, I'm not an eminent historian. I've, I've read my fair share of history, but I can point to all kinds of evidence that the founding generation absolutely believed in an individual right to own firearms. I mean, this isn't even questionable if you read the actual words that the people in the founding generation wrote. And yet here you have this eminent historian making a statement like this. And the sad thing is people accept it at face value because, well, he's an eminent historian, right? Now, I don't know. Are these people lying or are they just ignorant? I'm not really sure. But I think what happens is you you know, you put these people in this echo chamber and they learn the conventional wisdom. So therefore, they pass on the conventional wisdom. 
And that's exactly what this guy Keith Hughes did uh, in this video on nullification. First off, he made a horrible factual error in his video. He actually said that the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions were a series of newspaper articles. Now, I'm sure they were printed in newspapers, but that completely misrepresents what the Kentucky and Virginia resolutions were. These were actual resolutions that were passed by the Kentucky legislature and the Virginia legislature, and they were penned by Thomas Jefferson and, and James Madison, and they basically laid out the principles of nullification. And that's simply put the idea that states can and should take action to stop overreaching federal power. When the federal government violates the Constitution, it's the duty of the states, as Madison put it, to interpose to stop the progress of evil. So this is what nullification is. And in this video, I mean, he starts off and he doesn't even get right a basic historical fact. I mean, this isn't an opinion. This is a fact. They weren't newspaper articles. They were actual resolutions passed by a legislature. And I think that's kind of important. I mean, if this guy's supposed to be a, a credible source, you'd think he'd get that right, don't you? Well, apparently not. But anyway... Hughes went on to make a number of assertions in this video, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of cover them because they're typical assertions that we get when it comes to nullification. And it's this same type of mainstream, you know, court historian uh, perception of, of nullification, and it's absolutely wrong. So first off, Hughes asserted that the federal – he created an analogy, and he said basically that nullification was like a child saying no to his parent when the parent tells him to go to school naked. You know, parent says, you're going to go to school naked today, and the kid says no, and he said that's nullification. But he has the whole thing backwards. The federal government's not the parent. The states are the parents or actually more properly, the people of the states organized into political societies. It's the states that are sovereign in the system, not the federal government. The states are the parents. The federal government's the child that they created. The states entered into a union, created a general government, and delegated to it specific powers. Now, a delegation of power implies the authority to take the power back. In fact, several of the state-ratifying documents specifically asserted this right. Take the uh, New York ratification document, for instance. If you read that, it says that the powers of government may be reassumed by the people whensoever it shall become necessary to their happiness. Did you get that? It may be reassumed by the people. It means we may take the powers back. This is a basic founding document. Hughes should know this, and yet he's completely twisting the relationship between the state and the federal government. Of course, he needs to do that because he wants the federal government to be supreme. He's a federal supremacist. He goes to great pains to emphasize the supremacy clause, and this is one of the reasons he says nullification is invalid, because the federal government is supreme. Of course, he's totally confused because the supremacy of the federal government only extends to laws made in pursuance of the Constitution. Laws not in pursuance are, as Alexander Hamilton put it, void. Hamilton wrote, no legislative act, therefore, contrary to the Constitution, can be valid. And that leads us to a question. Who decides what is in pursuance of the Constitution? Well, our good friend Hughes has the standard, you know, uh, conventional wisdom answer, the Supreme Court. He says in the video that nullification really isn't valid because we have the Supreme Court to put a check on federal power. 
But this is nonsense. How can you depend on part of the federal government to determine the powers of the federal government? It's like appointing a player on one of the teams to referee a football game. As Jefferson put it, the government created by the compact, the Constitution, was not made the exclusive or final judge of the extent of the powers delegated to itself, since that would have made its discretion and not the Constitution the measure of its powers, but that, as in all other cases of compact among powers having no common judge, each party has an equal right to judge for itself as well of infractions as of the mode and measures of redress. So in other words, the states have the final authority. The states are the parents. The states are actually supreme in the system, except in those areas where they've delegated powers. And where they've delegated powers, they have every right to take them back. But you're never going to hear this from the Keith Hughes of the world because they believe in this, this mythical system that you know, has been handed down to us from Hamilton and Joseph Story and Lincoln. You know, They're the winners, so they write the history. And that actually brings us to the last assertion that Hughes makes in his video that I have to take issue with. And that's this idea that uh, nullification is invalid because the Union won the Civil War. I hear this all the time, and it's the most awful argument in the world. You know, this idea that the Civil War settled nullification. Basically, what you're saying is if you punch somebody in the face hard enough, you win the argument. Winning a war doesn't prove anything other than the fact that you had a bigger army. So this is the kind of stuff you get with the mainstream historians. They have a political agenda, and they skew history to fit that template. Don't believe it. Learn the history for yourself. In the show notes page, I'm going to give you a link where you can do just that. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Harry Head. We're another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening to the show. If you enjoyed it, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas to michael.meharry at 10thamendmentcenter.com. And make sure you head over to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast for free if you haven't done it already. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.